along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Find us at Toddcast Podcast. Hi. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I love the Zeppelin. Bit of Zeppelin behind you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Busy, busy. All, all good stuff, though. Yes, of course. Yeah. In your line of work, you'd want to be busy, I'm sure. Yeah. Probably yeah, not doing too many of these things, though. So thank you so much for, for jumping on. And, and yeah, as many as here. many of the cool ones as possible, you know, the cool yes. people. <laughs> yes. And, and how good does it feel to, to be back playing your music to people? Like, how it's, good is that? Can it even I mean, be put into words? I mean, being back out this summer in Europe was because your European festivals have always been my favorite, like that whole scene over there, especially for yeah. rock and roll. Um, it and was I amazing. What that is like literally every musician I talk to, they always say like, <laughs> same, there's something different same. about Europe. There's something <laughs> like they go crazy. They do. And it's just um, it's also like the festivals themselves are the best organized. Like they're they're just really, really like really well organized machines in general and then but there's also like you have to you know take into account the fact that people haven't been able to go to live concerts and like mass gatherings like that for like two years so the energy was was double what it usually is so and I mean and then you're playing with you know Tommy Aldridge in a rhythm section so you add that and it's it's good times I know no (laughs) doubt right like and and what's that first show like like and does anything kind of specifically stand out from like the first show back oh yeah because it was in ireland it was my first time home in two and a half years because i wasn't able to travel because the travel bans during covid and my visa category so i was like sort of stuck in the us per se i'd usually be home once or twice a year so opening night and that's when david called me first through the gig it was very funny it was like well you're gonna have to say yes because we open in dublin i was like oh shit cool okay so opening night was at home. So it was a very emotional one for me because, you know, it's a, it was like baptism by fire, though, because, you know, it's the first show together. That's where everybody's like all the tech issues happen, like everything's this is that. And, you know, you're ironing, ironing out all the kinks as a band, getting to know each other. But it was amazing because Ireland was just like on fire for the fact that it was like one of their own and white snake. So it was my whole town was there. <laughs> incredible that's so incredible did you lose any of uh i don't even know how to say it like did you lose your muse i, I guess so to speak like <laughs> over the the quarantine time for the pandemic like what a shit show not at all because i for anyone that follows me and knows me i do a lot of other things i'm very very heavily advanced um um just like plant-based projects and i have like a tv show i'm really really involved in that side of things so like even this week, you know, working with, with think tanks and, and strategists on all these side projects that I do in the plant-based world and, you know, how do we save the planet, basically. So as soon as COVID hit, because I had not come off the road for almost 10 years with different bands, I was just touring like crazy. And I the longest gap I would have between like gigs that I had was at the most maybe two months, six weeks, eight weeks, and I was out again. So when it hit first, it was a shock, like for everybody, but... Then it was this thing of like, oh, my God, it's kind of nice to be in one place for a second to stop, to breathe and to go all these projects that you've been trying to push while you're on the road to jump back in. Because my passion long before I picked up a bass guitar was like environmental animal rights, all this world that I work in on on, on the side. And how can I use my platform to, you know, shout about this message a little. And so, yeah, it was actually a very, very productive 
sort of lockdown for me. And plus I was living in California, so I'm out hiking every day. And, you know, I felt bad for people in cities that, that hadn't got that. But I, I tend to try, it was, you know, everyone was like wondering what the hell was going on at the beginning, but I tried to always find the, like, you know, there's got to be a silver lining here. What's the positive? And for me, it was a great use of time being in one place, not being in a different time zone every day. Mm. So I got, I got a lot rallied together with like the Highway to Health project and then um, another plant-based project that I have with, with a group of friends all around the world. So it was, uh, it was interesting, but it was tough that I couldn't see my family because I literally couldn't leave the US because I wouldn't be allowed to re-enter. So that was complicated, but right. You got to make, you got to make, you know, the best of each situation. So it was weird. And it's obviously like, you're like, are we ever going to tour again? Yeah. And then when, when the first call back is Whitesnake, you're like, all right, this is good. <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah. That's crazy. For me, the silver lining was definitely, you know, like I had to work from, obviously I work from home from with my podcast mm-hmm. in the studio, mm-hmm. but like, you know, I, I'm also a, a teacher for the radio course at BCIT here in Vancouver. Oh, awesome. So, but I had to do that from home. Cause you know, like yeah, nobody, yeah, yeah. nobody can be in the same studio together. No. Nobody can you know, like trying to like <laughs> troubleshoot, you know, troubles with like boards and equipment and shit via face. Like they're holding the camera yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. To the left a little bit. Nope. Not too far over to the right now, but yeah. <sighs> so, so good to be so good to be out of it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Human, well, human interaction is best in person. Me. We're it's all me. over the zoom thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. And so what was the music like uh, in your house as a kid growing up? So I got my, I definitely got like the sort of subconscious love of music because I didn't pick up a bass until I was 17. But no. my dad, yeah, no, I'm super late to music. It's hilarious. Like, like drums, maybe? Like, was there something musical before that? Nothing. I'm not, really. I'm not the, I'm not the bass player who played guitar first. I was working in an animal rescue shelter for 10 years. Wow. And I was, everyone thought I would be a vet or a marine biologist. And then I picked up a bass when I was 17. And I was like, oh, shit, I love this. Yeah. But my my dad has a very deep-rooted love of music, although nobody plays music in my direct family. So I grew up with his vinyl collection, definitely, like, in, you know, subconsciously, the Zeppelins, the Floyd, like, everything across, like, Willie Nelson, like, real country, as I call it, yeah. not, like, ma- manufactured pop country. But, um yeah, that was that was definitely like coming in through my childhood. So then when I did pick up a uh, bass and get into music, I was sort of familiar with so many things, but I wasn't paying attention until I was 16 or 17. But sure. my town, my little town is very musical. So I was all surrounded by musicians and like Mullingar is known for musicians coming out of it. So you, all your friends are all in bands. I worked in the bars that the bands played in, you know. Um, but yeah, it's, it was really... Uh, 180 at about 17 when I picked up a bass I was like oh, I really like this and then I was joining bands left right and center and it was just like <laughs> where we go uh-huh yeah that's cool and so would you think like you know for me thinking back like some of my first memories my first musical memories would be like that just that like what you're saying you know looking through the my mom had this big hassock and it was full of you know zeppelin and the wings and eagles and you know, going back to maybe Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton. Oh yeah, Dolly stuff. Parton. Like, like, what would what would be your first musical memory? Like, is it that um, flipping through your folks? LP? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of two separate things when I think of it. So there's like, it's not that I was flipping through because I was paying no attention to music because I was <laughs> always all animals. So if you look at all my childhood photos, it's just animals, rescue shelters, like all that. But obviously that music being played by my dad was coming in. But then by the time 
I was a teenager and my friends were musicians. It was more like the 90s metal prog stuff. I was really into, you know, Tool and all that heavy stuff like Slayer, Pantera. I was more, way more into that at the beginning. Um, although I did do a stint with like Spice Girls and Eminem also being my favorite things. Right. Of course. <laughs> of <laughs> <You> course. <know? laughs> I love it all. Catchy melody, right? Yeah. But so it's kind of like two things, you know, it's like subconsciously, that stuff playing in the background like the eagles and zeppelin and pink floyd and all that it stood to me later because yeah. you know then when i became a musician I took a 180 and became a musician but what i was listening to like in the you know you're not listening to me teenage years was definitely more in the in the sort of prog and and yeah. um, heavy i was always into like slayer pantera i was into opeth big time I was into gojira all these like which i still am Right. Um, and also like Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong and Miles Davis is my favorite. So I have like total <laughs> musical bipolar. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of like that too. My, my parents were all over the map and now yeah. therefore I am. I wanted to share something real quick with you as uh, you're a Pantera fan. Of course. I'm a huge Pantera fan too. Awesome. These are from Vinnie Paul's nice. uh, snare the snare drum when he after he'd uh passed oh wow and these were the these were the sticks sitting on the snare drum oh how'd you get your hands on those babies from a from a, a mutual buddy so hey, it was like got he, he, he's like yeah hey uh i might be able to grab you something and then uh yeah it's the it was the drummer of biff naked a guy named chico nice nice who uh, grabbed that for me so Oh, that's great. Well, we do, you know, we do the Dime Bash thing at Nam every year. That's right. Um, well, when Nam was still yeah, Nam. And the, yeah. yeah. And the last one before uh, COVID hit, it's actually, we were also filming it. We did an amazing like gathering. I brought Derek from Sepultura and Roy from Stone Sour and we had Dave Grohl on the stage. We, it was amazing because it's just like, it's for, you know, Vinny and, and Dime. Right. So it's super fun getting everyone together and doing that. I know. And, and like, there's a chance because everybody thinks like, oh, well, yeah, get all those people together. It's going to be amazing. But there is like a chance. Oh, sometimes it's a work, total right? train wreck. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, sometimes it's a total train wreck. And it's really funny because I think a lot of, especially like some of the guys who are like in these bands, I don't know if they're just presuming that they will remember the parts. Right. It's because you're a good player doesn't <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. were even joking about it, like, in White Safe rehearsals. Like, Reb was like, do you really know this stuff? I'm like, yeah, do you want me to show you this part? Yeah. <laughs> because, you awesome. know, same, like, in bands I was in, you get to, you're like, oh, I've been in this for a while. I'll just remember it. And, you know, we should always refresh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't rely on the old muscle memory. No, no, what was, what was the first concert you, that you went to? The first one, I mean, there was a lot of small gigs because, again, Ireland has, you know, a lot of venues. And I was going to a lot of smaller, like, singer-songwriter stuff. An Irish band called Keela I used to follow everywhere. I adore them. They're like a traditional band. But on a bigger scale, the first gig, I remember, is the Chili Peppers, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, mm. um, in, like, Croke Park. And it was, like, I was obsessed with John Frusciante and his guitar playing and his harmonies. So that was, like, it was funny because everyone would think I'd be, I wasn't playing bass yet. Yeah. So I wasn't like into flea for being a flea. I was just like obsessed with this harmony singing guitar player. But yeah, the Chili Peppers is the I I remember and would have all like the super heavy bands that came to town. Yeah. 
Yeah, I got to go for the heavy ones. I, I remember in like the in the early '90s when the the Peppers would play and like they headlined like Lollapalooza, oh, yeah. Jam and Ministry and Soundgarden. Ministry, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Ice Cube, it was pretty bad. I know. Right? Oh, and, and, and it's so funny now like, to have a, a a longevity like that. Where like, oh almost, yeah, like they have had hits along the way. Like that's thirty years. I know it's incredible, and it's funny now because I think back to like because a lot of these guys are my friends now. Um, that we you know we're touring the same circles and I, I was even saying this yeah. to Alex Skolnick not that long ago like I remember going to see Testament when I was a teenager and being like this is so cool and they're like they're super close friends and right. it, but they're still like kicking ass and they're so consistent those type of bands like they their fan base is so consistent and they consistently give back to the fans by doing you know great albums and great tours so the yeah. best of memories but yeah like to have longevity like that you, you know have to be really has to be a band of brothers because it's complicated touring <laughs> Well, I mean, I've heard from so many musicians that, you know, it's like you and your wife and then add two more people into it or three. Oh, my God. It's like I always joke about it. It's literally like way more complicated than I can imagine a marriage is or, you know, it's like you're married to a group of people living together, often on the tour bus. (laughs) Fair amount of compromising, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Your people skills are what are most important touring, which is hysterical. Like it's it's all about psychology, right? The music is the easy part <laughs> right it's it's the uh, other 18 hours of the day um absolutely okay i i, I don't generally ask this but i want to i, I want to ask because of the, of your answer for the music that you grew up with <clears throat> give us the three albums that you would need on a deserted island oh um Fleetwood mac rumors yes. jeff buckley grace Probably. I'm a big Jeff Buckley Grace fan. And I mean, because I'm just trying to think if I'm on a desert island, do I really want to listen to like last beats? Or right. maybe I do. Yeah. Um, I was trying to decide between Zeppelin or Gojira, which would motivate me most to build a ship and get off. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. Two, two mellows, not- two mellows that you can sing along with while you're far on your island and one like that gets you going <laughs> yeah yeah um your your testimonials by the way on the on your website like straight up we're talking about rock gods like Maynard <laughs> James Keenan D Schneider like Steve Adler Nuno yeah. Betancourt like what a, what a trip like what a crazy life you live Sometimes I'm sick. And it's funny because you're the second person this week on a podcast that's brought. I haven't looked at my own website in so long. And thank you for reminding me because I really need to update it. But uh, it is funny because when I have any moments of like doubt about what am I doing or have I actually achieved anything? I forget that these guys are and I played with them all and they're, you know, now friends and they're they've great support. And, you know, they to be there and, you know, to say those things themselves with no, you know, I didn't ask them to. It's just you know, I was. I know, right? Like I'm putting putting a website together and I'm putting a reel together, and people are like, "Oh my god, you need to get testimonials!" And everyone's offering these kind words that I've worked with them. It's it's brilliant, and Maynard's will always be the funniest. <laughs> it's so. <good. laughs> he just reminded me of like the balls. Like, <laughs> how do you say that? Is, I forgot about that. Thanks for the memory. <laughs> yeah, it's so good, and like you know, because of that, I was like, oh, I started like really digging in and watching some of the videos, like that M3 fest you're playing with uh, Steve Nadler. Like, like, oh yeah, and, and and like how how cool is it to be playing with the original, you know, drummer of Appetite? 
you know, like, yeah. do you remember, do you remember the first time you heard that album and how it fucking blew your mind? Like it's, you know, up? it's, I was actually talking to Duff about this one time we were in a lobby in the same place. I'm like, my God, those bass lines. Cause quite often what you do as a session musician, like if you're getting the gigs, especially if there's not much running time into it, or you're like, okay, I'm going to put these like few weeks before the gig and learn everything. And yeah. I remember when I was, first starting with Adler because I was only supposed to fill in I was like oh, I'll jump in on a few gigs and then I ended up doing a bunch of shows but I didn't leave enough running time I was coming off another gig and when I started really listening because obviously you've heard the song these bass lines are like jazz parts they're really really intricate and cool and creative and it's it's just a whole other it's not like it's straightforward rock bass line so it, it's just fantastic and to be able to play them to listen to that album and then to play them with Stephen, so that that actual feel is there because he you know that that push and pull between the drummer and bass player is obviously what makes that, yeah. that rhythm section but, but i love it and my my big thing always is like you my job is to honor the music so i need to be as close as possible to the original feel and, and style obviously with my own flair or whatever on stage and that but and I love that I love like it's almost like a time like I had such a great time learning Neil Murray's bass parts because he's such a beautiful player that mm-hmm. you know a lot of people will jump into these gigs and kind of learn it but not really listen to the little intricacies and the little nuances that are in the bass band so I really enjoy that especially with these like iconic albums that you're you're, you're doing like White Snake or, or Guns N' Roses or even the Twisted Sister stuff so yeah it's um it's pretty rad then to go and play it with the original I know right <laughs> yes you'll get the other rhythm section you know it's being yeah. thrown down the way it's supposed to be played you know it's exactly awesome. fair to say you've had some incredible you know career highlights over the years could you pick like just one if you had to pick one mm-hmm. memory or is that a result uh. I mean, oh. I mean, there's a couple because they're slightly different. Like when I was in, when I was like a deer in headlights, I was only 20 or 21 when I was in the studio at Maynard. And that was trippy because the first time he sang on front of me in the studio, and we're, you know, collaborating on ideas, myself and Josh and himself. That was really wow because I've been listening to him for so many years and then he's sitting there singing in front of me just in the creative process like any musician just like coming up with ideas so mm-hmm. that always sticks out because that was like oh wow this this could be a big deal if I get myself into the U.S. and circles so that's like a studio memory um playing like Hellfest with the Snyder was amazing I always remember that one in particular because we had like a crazy routing problem to get there and uh-huh. we all almost didn't make it and it was like yeah. we were lost in the middle of France and it was one of those like ah, running on the stage and it was just amazing but and then obviously like opening night in Ireland with Whitesnake was it will always be so surreal and we finished the European tour by closing out with Steve Vai at Hellfest so it was Steve Vai came on stage with us and that was we played I played still of the night with Steve Vai and I I was just like, is this actually happening? <laughs> it's like Tommy Aldridge, David Coverdale, and Steve Vai. I'm like, who teleported me into this situation? <laughs> I know, right? That's... So yeah, there's a, there's a couple, but they're like my top three. <laughs> That's so crazy. That's so crazy. Uh, I don't want to take too much yeah, of your time, but I'd love to get a little bit outside of, of music for a bit, if that's cool. Absolutely. What are you binge watching lately? Honestly, I, I very rarely turn on a TV. I, really? I'm a, I'm a book hoarder. Um, okay. so I, I do watch documentaries. 
I'm not a big TV watcher because I'm honestly just so busy. But at the end of the day, sometimes I like, okay, I re- when Breaking Bad came out, I fell into that for sure. But I ha- I can't remember the last time I watched TV. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm I'm a big reader and um, definitely documentaries. Like I'd watch documentaries for sure, but you, yeah, you'll very rarely find me in front of a TV. Oh, interesting. So what do you what what book are you currently reading then? Uh, I mean, there's about four at once. You're, you're one of those. <laughs> you go <laughs> nice. I can't do that. I yeah. the book. I got to read the book. Like I can't. Focus. You're right. I mean, I'm also studying a lot of the time because there's topics that I'm like honing in on studying for for projects. But like, I'm a big fan of Sam Harris of Mo Gaudas. I'm reading two of their books at the moment. Um, uh, however long the night which is an incredible incredible book i'm just finishing now um i mean yovel um noah harari it's usually like psychology theology like a lot of that because you, you can implement a lot of this learning into the projects and like people you know people that i'm working with and culture stuff and obviously the plant-based world and a lot of food science books so i'm just a fucking dork i'm not cool at all like people think i'm <laughs> out partying uh, you're outing like, you yourself know, right now right like, i'm probably studying food science i'm a total dork so um yeah it's i could i could be we were just joking with my friend that i'm working with this week we we're exchanging our audible lists to see like who was the bigger nerd nice nice uh, so yeah yeah there's i could name books all day long but yeah, yeah. um favorite land animal favorite water animal Oh, wow. Um, I love pigs. Uh, I love pigs. Uh, They're a big passion for me. I love all all animals. Obviously, like anyone that knows me, I'm an animal rights activist my whole life. But pigs, particularly because I just think they're they're so smart. I've worked with pigs a lot and I worked in shelters and they're really, really funny characters. And, you know, obviously we treat them like shit in the world. So that's a lot of my fight for them. And favorite. Oh, it's hard. I mean, sea animal, I'm like, save the oceans as well working on all these other oh your video's cutting out again i've I miss- always had a thing for orcas, orcas. i love orcas yeah. Thing. yeah orcas are a big a big i had one of the coolest moments with orcas up uh the queen charlotte's uh in, in dc i was at a, a fishing resort or whatever it's called and uh you know we're fishing for salmon and we're like oh let's go to another place and so we started you know getting pretty fast in this boat and i don't like it it sounds like i'm lying but probably like a pod of 10 to 12 14 orcas and they kept on coming right near the boat and cresting like it was the coolest thing i'd just be crying i just like every time i see anything like that i'm just like (laughs) i wish i could i wish i had the video because i have a couple videos and it like they're so close but looking back now, I'm like, man, that's kind of almost scary. Like they could have, you know, tipped the boat or something or like, you know, they're, but, yeah, just orcas. Fucking, they're just fucking with you. They're like, let's go close enough. To get oh, totally. As hell. Like, yeah, totally. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 But it's funny because I'm a, you know, I work, um, I've been on board with Sea Shepherd and they're good friends of mine. I've done a lot of like um, campaign help with them because they're my kind of direct action group out there saving the oceans but mm. i have always suffered extremely bad seasickness so it's like this running joke because i keep going out 
Uh, I'm like, I'm going to get over it. If I keep doing it, I won't be sick. I try everything. And I've oh. every time I go out, like I'm so sick that by the time there's a pot of whales or something, I'm off getting sick. Yeah. I'm like, one of these days, my body will allow me not to be seasick. So it's kind yeah. of become really funny. It's like, okay, maybe I shouldn't be on the boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm knock, I'm knock wood. Like one of those guys that I'd, I've never, ever been seasick. I just... Doesn't doesn't bother me. I guess that's just some people are like that, right? We get there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you a big sports fan? I'm not, but I like the the energy of going to games. I used to be a big rugby fan. Um, oh, yeah. Rugby was definitely something I was into because yeah, it was you know our, our, it's definitely more prominent in Ireland. I had a lot of friends and I played it a little when I was younger. But sports, I never really kept. But I like going with my friends to to games and stuff. It's fun. I like the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll, I'll wrap it up with one oddball uh, question for you or a story. I guess not more more of a story, not a question. Uh, share a near death story with us, like where holy shit, I could have just died. Oh wow! Um, trying to think. <laughs> it's been a couple of questionable tour bus drivers. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I do remember being in. Um, where were we? I feel like we were somewhere, maybe Germany, when I was with Dee Snyder. I must ask Jason Sutter about this actually because we were. It was like an in and out quick, and we had to. You know, we finished the gig, get back to the hotel. It's one a.m. And we have to leave at like 4 a.m. It's lobby calls. So you like get yourself ready and leave. But I remember that we had a really questionable driver getting us to the airport and it was the middle of the night and he almost, he kept swerving off the road. And so there's been a, a few of those. And then I also remember being on a very dodgy flight with with Dee and Danny, our tour manager. And we're like, you know, they're like, sit down and strap in. You're like, what's happening? And you're like bouncing out of the seat. So yeah, yeah I'd like to. Did not have any more of those experiences, but yeah, a few, a few like driver experiences where they were tired and it was a bit, oh god. So you stay up all night on the tour bus and like prod the driver and talk to them and ask them questions yeah. and give them keep them awake. Please don't kill everybody. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Tanya, thank you so much again for jumping on uh, Zoom here with us today. You're easy to find on Instagram, Tanya Callahan underscore official. Uh, of course, a simple search of your name will find you on Facebook. You've got your website as well. Um, it's been a, it's been a real treat. It's been a real honor for uh, for us to have you here. So appreciate that so much. Thanks and for having me. You bet. And I guess uh, I guess we'll see you online. The Toddcast Podcast on ToddHancock.ca.